and welcome to Table for Two podcast. My name is Harley, food blogger, content creator, and overeater. Welcome to episode 13 of the Table for Two podcast. On this episode, we're joined by Emeka Frederick of Shuku's London, which is a Nigerian tapas restaurant food concept um, that happens in London in various locations. Emeka is one half of the brother-sister co-foundership that um, is behind Chuku's. We recorded this a hot minute ago. I will not lie, it was a hot minute ago. And I've literally just opened WhatsApp to message Emeka to say it's going up tomorrow to see that he messaged me three weeks ago to ask me when it was going up. He messaged me probably like three weeks before that to say like, hey, where is it? What's going on? Uh, Where is it at? So yeah, just know that this has been a long time coming. But I was really, really, really motivated to get this up this week because Chukus are currently on their last, I think it's their last pop-up of the year, um, which is happening at The Nest um, on Morning Lane in Hackney. And it's running until the 9th of September. You can get all the details, book a table, or I believe you can actually just turn up, but obviously take your chances. Um, If you visit their social media, which is at Chukus LDN, C-H-U-K-U-S-L-D-N on Twitter, um and yeah all the details are right there pinned to their profile another reason why i really 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 wanted to get this up this week um is that chukus are national great british entrepreneur awards finalists and they're nominated for family business of the year which is amazing and as is mentioned later in the podcast it's not just because chukus is run by a brother and a sister but um emeka finds like his whole family is just like such an inspiration and driving force and they are also so successful in each of their own rights. So yeah, that was just like something playing on my mind while I was making sure that I got this done and got this up for you today. We have a great conversation about how Shukus began, um, how it really began, which is quite a journey and quite a story um, and where it's going next and what's going to be happening and the, the trials and tribulations of actually really trying to start your own food business in London and just how hard that really is. So without further ado, you've waited long enough, definitely over a month. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Table for Two podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do? Um, my name is Emeka Frederick um, and I am the co-founder, um, Big Brother co-founder of Chukus, the world's first Nigerian tapas restaurant. Hey, <laughs> this one's been like a long time coming because I've been talking to the other co-founder, your lovely sister for like months we've seen each other I think at a couple of events now and it's like I'm going to email you I'm going to email you I'm going to email you to do this and you guys are obviously just too busy with world domination <laughs> I finally managed to grab one of you for this um, so Chuckies I've been to a while ago now yeah. I'm in Shoreditch at Campus Cafe yeah I think so I, so I have a recollection of knowing that you were there but more because I think you did a review yeah but yeah I don't think I was I probably was in the kitchen probably so, and yeah. it was like a, it's like a basement kitchen yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, yeah. the food that like, coming up yeah it happens quite a lot of people are like oh yeah like I came to Chiku's and like oh yeah I was, I was like yeah cool mate I was I just don't know <laughs> you don't right. know yeah and like obviously even if I did come out of the kitchen often I don't get to I don't I just kind of quickly popping out I don't really yeah, scan yeah. in the full room have chats with everyone yeah 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 so, so you're hands on in the kitchen then yeah yeah absolutely I mean I mean head chef um since we since we started which is which is cool yeah um yeah is that your first experience of that kind of work like kitchen work or yeah yeah so like I'd I'd always from you know young I mean it's kind of weird actually so when I was really young like truth be told I wanted to be a chef Mm. Um, and never really followed it through. Was that like, went to boarding school? Didn't couldn't chef? Couldn't like cook at all? Like not even chef. I mean, just like cook my own food. And obviously, you kind of study and you kind of forget that sort of dream. And then mm. it, by the time I finished studies, it wasn't really part of it. The I, the restaurant idea was there, but I'd always kind of done a bit of cooking and stuff at home. So when it then came to actually you know, wanting to kind of move with this project, with this idea, it just kind of made sense that, you know, I, between Ife and I, who's got the most most willingness and probably skills in the kitchen was like myself. Mm. Saying that doesn't mean I have, <laughs> have many skills. So it's been, it's been, it's been a journey to win it. So I'm very much still uh, learning, uh, spending some, a lot of time with, with other chefs and, and stuff like that. It's super cool, actually. Like, I love... The idea, like I was doing some reflection this weekend, um, just about where we've where we've come, and um, yeah, it's an, it's been an amazing journey. Sometimes it's sometimes you forget that 
Sometimes, how far you've yeah, sometimes you yeah. really forget how far you've come. Like I look in the back at some of the stuff we were putting out. When was the first one? Um, so like, it's irrelevant almost when the first one was um, too, because that wasn't the first one for the public. wasn't the first one. Oh, okay. For for me, so I was going back to like when I was in my house having right. like a dinner party with friends who had no idea that I was trying to, I was thinking that take this concept. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> guinea pigging them. So that was like back in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, February, February 24th, I think it was like 2015 and I invited some friends over. Um, I hatched the plan actually when I was flying back um, from Lagos. Um, you said that with the biggest smile on your face, like Lagos. Yeah, you know, you know, like as I said, so so just to, I, I'm going to tell you, sorry, I I tell stories like in three stories at the same time, so <laughs> I'm already trying to tell two, so there's probably another one that's going to come. But anyway, so the, the, the first story is, yeah, 2015, doing these dinner parties were the very first time we kind of were doing this. Really, when we actually started putting this all out there was the beginning of 2016, which was definitely 24th of January 2016, <laughs> uh, when we were in Hackney Wick, Grow Hackney. And so we're just kind of over two years now with the, with the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a big, big smile because I was in Lagos for the second time in two years over Christmas. And I was staying with a good friend of mine. And the energy which I took from that place is why we're here, right. ultimately. Um, it made me realise that I actually can go and do this, um, that I saw young entrepreneurs in a way which I didn't re- don't really see with my peers in the UK. Uh, and then just literally a couple of conversations with my friend, he, like, there's two things or three things he said was about feeding, feeding the passion um, and then the, the minimum viable product. So how mm. can you get this out? as quickly into people's hands um, um, in a very easy way. And then the feed passion is like, just do a little bit, you know, whenever you can. Because I've been spending 2013 to 2015 trying to write a business plan, which went absolutely, or 2014, yeah. which, went, which went nowhere. Yeah. And I had to start seeing something which was live, which something which excited me, which is where the dinner parties came. So, so Yeah, so sorry, yeah. apologies. It was actually two things he said, but then I just kind of, I was musing on them and I was literally, I love, I love traveling solo. Mm. So I'd, I'd flew, gone out there on my own and gone and linked up with him. So I was flying back, uh, would have been flying back for New Year's. So I was probably coming back on like the 30th uh, or the 31st. Um, and I just sit there, sat there. It's not that, that, that long a flight. And I just thinking about how am I going to do this? I just thought, yeah, let's do some dinner parties and then just go from there. And it was, that was that really. So it was your brainchild, your brainchild really then? No, so... Yeah, you wrote just a <laughs> So as I, as, I told, as I told you, like this, I've been trying to write a, uh, a business plan mm-hmm. since 2013, since I came. In fact, 2012, when I was in Spain at the time, I was starting to put some ideas down. But if and I first talked about this properly, you know, this is something which has been from when we were young. We're going to restaurants and we're not seeing African food really out there. Yeah. You know, I go to boarding school and I'm not able to share any of my my heritage. Yeah, with, or direct with, anybody with, to it. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, with people with with that. So that's that's a continuous frustration, especially where Ife and I have kind of grown up and the kind of the the the, the diverse the diversity and backgrounds of people that we call our friends. You know, you know, we've not been able to share as much as we wanted to till now, which is. Okay, on a, another conversation, uh, <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is which is great. And so, from two thousand and ten, we were really talking about, well, how are we going to do this restaurant? Um, I was uh, I was at university already. If I was just about to start university, um, and that's when we started looking at some different concepts. And then, but what happened is through university, uh, if they're going away or I going away first and if they're going away, kind of, you know, we weren't really in yeah. contact and stuff. So it takes it, a lot. Like I've realized that as well through starting my bakery business that if you, if you do it alone, you can just go, 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 go. But distance between two people that are trying to work together, even on like the smallest scale, definitely like slow things down it wasn't even the distance about us being away I think the point was that we were we were distant and it was out of mind you know okay. my focus was my economic studies having fun you know, 
go fight going going away to Spain and then coming back and starting a career. Yeah. That was my, that was my focus. If there's similar issues at Cambridge, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't top of mind. And I suppose um, I was the first one as I finished my studies first. I then started coming out and thinking, well, where am I in the world? And I, I was in Spain, and I spent a year, like under a year, about about nine months, I was out there. I was doing a lot of reading around Nigeria and Africa, um, and I was really thinking, uh, where's where's my place? You know. So this idea had really started, but it kind of it got fought, you know, further further fermented, uh, or further cemented um, in you know in our both our times away, and then but when we actually finally came together back in the summer of 2015, that's when we said, you know, I'd shared some of the kind of things I've been doing at the dinner parties and we in FA, we, that's when the idea of the Nigerian tapas concept came together, the chop chat chill came, yeah. uh, and that's when we started moving. So it was very much like, you know, musing and together initially, myself a bit alone, and then finally the energy when, when we came together, that's how it, that's how it went. That's how it was born. Yeah, that's how it I love the detail because even now I've kind of answered my own question in terms of why tapas. You yeah. were in Spain, like that probably had some kind of underlying like push as well into just inspiration. Uh, yes, to a degree. So, naming uh, naming wise, so <clears throat> let's get to the detail. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the method the behind the madness. Yeah. So we need to. We want to do this Nigerian restaurant. Now we talk, We thought about different things. You know, we looked at yeah, um, Suya and thinking about just doing a concept around Suya. This was like years. We talked years ago. And we were, the thinking was always like we started like okay, what's actually the problem here? Like we need to do something different. Like why is this food not really in spaces mm-hmm. in areas where we we want it to be? Um, despite the food being good, and we decided that accessibility is the key thing. Um, that's accessibility geographically. It maybe it's not in the right high streets, in the right, right locations. Okay. Um, but then also in terms of the food concept itself and then the hospitality of the, the, the environment right, that people yeah. are actually dining in. So geographically, you know, we'll get into when we have our permit site, but what, we, what we've done in terms of pop, where we popped up, you know, areas which we think are, you know, make sense for, for the, target, the target market. 100%. Um, and then, but the, on the food concept, that's where we were like, look, people don't know this food concept. Let's break it down for them. Let's do it in small, small bites, Sh- make it shareable. Um, and then at the same time, if they had been, well, so I came back from Spain, if they then went off to Martinique, um, so she was in the French Caribbean and there's this whole kind of like world of just being able to speak with people and just being relaxed and came to London, it wasn't really like that. And she's like, if only it was a space where people could just chat to people and then it would be like chilled and everything like yeah. that, right? Like, and it, so obviously we're talking about this small, sh- like, sharing food thing and in this chatting and chilling sort of place and I'm like hey that's what I was experiencing in Spain and this in these tapas okay, spots yeah yeah I think that's what we're trying to do here because now you've got a shared experience with yeah, you, yeah exactly exactly so it was like it was weird because like obviously you think initially like oh it's obviously you went to Spain and said oh so let's do nothing it wasn't that it's like we thought about the problem and then it was like that's what that is and then and then and then it was like that's okay a, cool yeah. let's let's get that was, vibe yeah let's get that vibe that's that's a good story <laughs> I like those stories that's you pick a, good stories cool, cool, cool. but um that's kind of answer my next question in terms of like what your role has been with Vinchiku so that you don't have one it's you're a co-founder and you're in every element of the business, yeah. I guess. Like, that's, that's, what co- yeah. that's what founders and co-founders have to do in the yeah, first couple yeah, of years yeah. of, like, starting up a business. There's yeah. not a very grand team behind you. But as in, have you, have you picked up some, like, reliable sous chefs and people that when you do these pop-ups, you can, like, call on the certified team or are you still, like, venturing out and learning? You mentioned already that you learned from other chefs. So is that, like, hands-on experience, like, in other kitchens or is that from bringing people into your space? Yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, FA and I are in everything. Uh, we do everything. It's still very much us. People ask, is it a family business? No, we're, we're supported by our family and what I think we do. But, you know, this is FA and I's project. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't really have a, much of a team, you know. But what we do have is a great support network. 
you know, we leverage the relationships that we, we have, um, both initially, obviously, mainly friends, but those from our professional, previous professional backgrounds and those that we meet now, you know, I think that's one of my biggest advice for entrepreneurs, yeah, like people think that they, they've got no one around them. Mm. And you really yeah. think about it. And if you don't, that's a real problem. But, you know, I think you, most people actually have a much stronger network than they think. Than they, than they think. Yeah. I think I and found that as well uh, in terms of, like, trying to meet other people that are in food. Mm. It's great to meet other people that are in food, but not within your discipline. Because, mm. like, how many how many of your competitors, like other bakers, do I want to meet? Mm. Whereas if I meet a normal person mm. that knows a customer, that could be a client, mm. that could be an order, they work somewhere, mm. they know someone, they have mm. parents. Mm. And it's just, like, building actually utilise that network and not burning bridges in like, the industry like you, you, say, you say that in the way like so I've got two cases um, for example where I've met someone and one's a blogger one's a he's actually just I met him back when I was used to be a consultant he, but he was focusing on like, African investment and, and both of them happen to have um, parents who are chefs um, I've had a conversation with, 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 one, of the, with one of their parents um, and it wasn't actually about advice. It was just, you know, just good to just get to yeah, know talk people. people yeah. That's my point. Like, you never know who's going to know who, right? Exactly. So you've got to just keep talking about, you know, what you're doing. Uh, also, what you need sometimes, you know what mm. I mean? Like, and, and, be, and be brave about that. Like, I think there's an, a, a very much a, a, a thing where people put stuff out on social media and stuff, but I don't think people necessarily um, are always putting out, what's the word? Um, in person, anyway, being brave about kind of really saying what they need. Yeah, mm. it's great. it is great. You, you do need to PR yourself. But sometimes if you try to move that next level by, by keep talking about, OK, this is what I need and not being worried that someone's going to nick your idea or, or see your vulnerability yeah. and turn to take advantage, it's only then that people can actually try to support you. you know? uh, we've, had a, we've, had a, we've had a huge amount of support. We don't have, we don't have a, as such, then, a team. Um, that's something which we'll, we'll structure from pop-up to pop-up or when we set up permanent, permanently. Um, but there's there's some people that I have in my mind right now who are good candidates okay. for, for, <laughs> for team roles. Yeah, for sure. That's good. For sure. Uh, and to answer your last question, you've got to keep learning, right? So people that in, inspire me and the amount of conversations I've had with restaurateurs, chefs, restaurant investors, you know, people who've just given me a nugget here, mm. a nugget there. It's in, it absolutely invaluable, you know, like, why would you not speak to someone who knows more about something that you, you're trying to get into? Yeah, 100%. So, I saw a quote yesterday, actually, about, like, people need stopping, people need to stop thinking that they know everything about everything and just listen to other people, even if you don't agree. Yeah. Like exactly what you said, a nugget, or like something that will click later on. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's your that's your story, effectively. Like yeah. pieces of the puzzle that were coming together, yeah, like piece yeah. by piece, and then you fi- like step back, look at the bigger picture, and yeah. like we've cracked it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you don't have conversations with people and ask people questions about things that you think you already know, yeah, how will you get another point of view or another opinion? That goes across the whole, not just the food industry, not just working for yourself, but yeah. Yeah. Of everything. Absolutely. I mean. I think I think if and I've always probably been like this to when it's bloody nosy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like to couch it in the term of curious, but yeah, we're just bloody nosy about all this stuff, about just life. Um, and I remember when I was working, that was like one of the things in my my previous job that they, the company used to you know go on about, about being curious as like a consultant and asking the questions. Um, but as I said, I think it's something innate. Like I just, <laughs> for me, I'm just like looking at something. You know, even when we came in today, I'm thinking, okay, so how are you going to do this? What do you need to set up? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, why are you keep asking so many questions? Are you trying to steal something? I'm like, I'm, I just, I'm <laughs> that's, just interested. That's the thing about kids, though, as well. Like, you, kids', you know I mean? kids question is why. Right. Right. And it's like right. that's how we learnt before. So why have we stopped learning yeah, like that yeah, now? Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you know you, people end up put, sometimes put on a veneer of. I don't, I don't even think it is that people do think they know a thing. They just put on a veneer that they 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 do know things because you're an adult, right? And you're supposed to know stuff. And actually, you know, it's absolutely okay. The amount of people who I tell you, like I got like as a guy, he runs like a sick restaurant. In fact, three restaurants. Yeah, in uh, Exmouth Road. Uh, Haggerston 
um, and he's got like a, a key a pop up kiosk in the spit. I hope that doesn't give the game away. <laughs> I'm literally uh, thinking uh, now. Yeah. I, I, I know. <laughs> he's like googling. I can just like googling. Like I'm gonna triangulate this. But um, but and, anyway, like the point is, I had a conversation with him. He's just like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm making this up on the spot all the time. Oh yeah, wing it. You know, but, the, but I'm talking about someone. Like... This is someone who's you know ten years my senior uh, in the been in this game you know, yeah. in, the, in the restaurant game for 10, 15 years. And he's still, you know, he's had his restaurant open for, uh, successfully open, you know, and so he's getting great reviews, great, great numbers, you know, for three years. And he's still turning around and saying, yeah, sometimes I'm still making art. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> At my level, to me, at a level below me, cool. Like, you have no shame. Yeah. You have to have no, be shameless about saying, look, I don't know this necessarily. And, but then showing a willingness to take on people's ideas and, and, and progress with them, so. I love that. That's going to be a, Tweety quotable right there. I'm gonna see that one. I'm gonna see that soundbite. (laughs) Right, let's get into the main structure of the podcast. Okay. Which you know, season two has been so much better. Like people have actually been listening to the podcast. Although season one was new and people would be like, what's gonna happen? I have to explain it every single time, but I'll explain it in case you have any new listeners. There'll be a menu structure to this, and there'll be starters, main courses, and desserts. You'll have a choice of two foods in every category, and that will relate to what well, there'll be a question associated with either of those things. Stop looking at my paper, Mr. I'm not looking Curious. At I'm not looking at the question. Curious. Actually, the question's up there, so it's okay. So, as well with season two, I'm trying to use menus from real places. Sorry, choices from real places that people can be encouraged to go out and cook, pick up the. Magazines, online, whatever. So, I've tried. I've I've had a few Nigerian guests on by this point. Mm. I'm getting a little bit tired of talking about a few items on the menu. Mm. So we'll see how this goes. Got a bit of a mix of everything and some stuff that links back to my visit to Chukus. So for starters, you've got salt cod fritters um, from BBC Good Food magazine, the Easter 2018 edition, or we have quinoa and chickpea salad with pumpkin seeds, which is actually a recipe by Otolenghi, which is in Guardian Feast. So what is this? The question, which one I like most? Which one you want? Or which one I want to eat? Which one you want to eat? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some salt cod fritters, mate. <laughs> That's what salt cod fritters. So yeah, I actually picked the quinoa option, which I know is just completely like not very, that, that, that meal that you're looking at there is not very West African. I picked the salt cod because, to my experience, salted fish kind of comes in a lot of like Caribbean and West African meals. Probably more Caribbean, but, you know, I'm putting my influence in here. That's cool, that's cool. But the quinoa, because at Chukus, I had jollof quinoa. Yeah. For, like, the first time ever. And I was like, I don't just want to put the jollof quinoa in there. I want to see if he'll pick out the quinoa or uh, not. I, 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 I saw it there, but, <laughs> yeah, salt, salt cod fritters is, uh, is life. Yeah, I, I, love, I love a bit of salt fish. Is it pollock, probably? Uh, uh, oh, it's cod, obviously, what I'm talking about. But, oh. Uh, <laughs> that's why. But, um, yeah, we, have, we do a lot of, sort of uh, we do a lot more smoked smoked fish mm. but um yeah I, I, I love this sort of stuff okay yeah right you got some quick fire questions for your starters for me for you so no stories okay quick answers <sighs> you kind of touched on one so you should be ready to go what most inspires you uh, you got no 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 long-winded answers <laughs> Sugar on. You're, you're absolutely kidding me here um dinner dinner my family is an absolute inspiration to me yeah yeah, okay. that's, that's the, one of the main... You've got some high-flying older siblings as well I've been seeing circulating. Yeah, I, 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 I think when you say in, in, inspiring, like, that's why is, there's... Is there, it's like the idea of making them proud. Okay. Um, and what they've done and, you know, what I would like to be able to do for my, for my own children. Yeah, so that's a blessing. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, I'm, I'm here to tell the, the, the Nigeria story um, in a way that I think is authentic, uh, but also more broadly the, the Africa story. Um, so, yeah, thing, things which Africa related, which are demonstrating you know, pride and celebration of culture is, is great for me. It makes me smile. I love that. Hardest part of running your own food business? Um, team. Um, yeah, just finding people um, that will stay with you on the journey. Like, obviously, we only be doing it as a pop-up, but like, I know even when we get into... Uh, into it as permanent. That's what a lot of restaurateurs will always say. Yeah, like, trying perfect. to find a good chef that stays. You know, just by the very nature of what people do as a waiters, it's it's a trend. It's a transit role. Um, so yeah, team. It's harder. One thing that no one knows about chukus. 
So I don't know if no one knows this, but so Chukus, the name Chukus is named after my name. Um, so my full name is Chuku Ameka, um, which means God has done well in Igbo, um, which is our Nigerian tribal language, um, a Nigerian tribe. And Chuku is the, the higher power in, um, in the Igbo. We actually chose the name though because it's more a case of we wanted the idea that this is someone you're coming to someone's home, so it's like oh you're coming to Jim's kitchen. Yeah, I love that. To, yeah, to Polly's restaurant, so we took Chukus um, as that. Yeah, but then we dropped the W because it's making harder for people to say. <laughs> wait, wait, W. Yeah, so it's actually spelled C H U K W U. So uh, okay. C H U K U. Oh, okay. That's where they came from. I love that. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I've snooped through all your like, social as long media. As, as long, as long, that's the thing, as long as you don't know. We've definitely, we've definitely shared it before. But uh, yeah, yeah. We, it's not something we like overly publicise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you're, you kind of touched on this, which is really good, because you started this whole thing with like dinner parties and like, talking <coughs> to your friends. What are your three dream dinner party guests that are alive? Ooh. So you'll be at the table with three others. Ooh, I, okay, ooh. I would love to meet Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I'm a big big Liverpool fan, and so I'm not even gonna choose one. The Liverpool squad. I seen one team, yeah. And like to be honest, there's squads from like different years. I would okay. love to have, but just like a Liverpool squad, that would be like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like big goal would have some of the team down at Chukus one day. Um, yeah, like a bomb would just be a mad right. Like yeah, I, I see some of these. Talk people. about gems. Like nuggets of information from Obama, that would be like. <laughs> you know what? I don't, it's not even about nuggets, right? You just want to be in his presence and hear, and just hear him. Barking great. Just hear him in his speak with his like little lilt and just like, and be like oh. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you see, it's like, for me though, yeah, I'm a big family person. So you see him successful in, in business or politics, even, so I say. Uh, but then you see him as, as a, you know, what, a, you know, Elise is publicized as a, as a great family man. Mm-hmm. I, I hope. I, I'm, confident it is the, the reality um, and so to be able to think that I could emulate that um, you know in having success in my in my career and then you know great success in a family life that's that's the one right you've touched on your love for travel and like solo travel and different experiences both you and your sister but what is your what is on your bucket list food experiences <clears throat> food experience or tra- you, you swinged it I was about to do my travel and you were like food Okay, do both. Okay, great. Place or experience. Go on, <laughs> go on, go on. Um, food, food bucket list. Oh, that's a, that's a bit difficult. There's, I've got like a lot of restaurants that I I want to go to in like London. Uh, there's a new Burmese um, tapas restaurant, um, La Pet. I think it's they say it, which I'd really like to try. Um, but like, I can't think of any. There's like any particular dish which I'm like, oh, I need to try that dish. I had Neapolitan pizza in Naples on mine, so I did that last year. Like a particular food in a particular place. I think I would actually love to eat a burrito in Mexico just to see Ooh. what it's about. Uh, okay, so for example, that burrito in Mexico, it's not a very Mexican thing. See, that's burrito, the thing. A burrito is a, it's an American. That's thing, what I thought. Right? So like. But then I watched a documentary, and the whole oh, concepts of like refried beans, a lot of corn, and wraps and things like that are. But the whole the whole purpose of that in Mexico is like it's a poor food. Yeah. So there wouldn't be you wouldn't have the choice of chicken, steak, guacamole for seventy p. So I kind of want to know what the where it came from in Mexico and what that original like concept. As I say, it was a it was a, it was a mine sign. It was an American concept. If you go to America, if you go to Mexico, probably the only more not the only but the place where you'll find it it will be like Cancun. Yeah, okay. Um, so I They have mole, this dish called mole. Um, it's like chocolate and chili, and they have it in like all different flavors. Um, and it's it's quite yeah, it's quite amazing actually. Yeah, Very I good. went to a lot of they they it's so sick. You go to these little markets, and you're like, what is this? This isn't a restaurant, and it's like this in the market, yeah. and it's just great. Yeah, yeah, that's quality. Um, but yeah, so places I would just love to travel. I really just want to. Um, I want to do a big tour of of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to go and see these pink lakes in Senegal in particular. Uh, I would like to go to uh, Cape Verde, um, yeah. Gam- the Gambia, Zanzibar. Um, yeah, just a, a whole bunch of places um, in in Africa, which would be fab. Um, and I would also really like to do a trip around South America. Like, <laughs> I watch like motorcycle diaries and everything. Like, I watch like 
three, four times. It's not a regular thing that I watch, but like it just and I don't watch many movies, and it just it just so happens I've watched that movie a number of times. Um, Reminds you. Yeah, I think I'm trying to practice my and like, yeah. yeah, definitely that's that doing that kind of Che Guevara trip would be like amazing. My Neapolitan pizza in Naples dream comes from Eat Pray Love, which is like my go-to <laughs> okay. film whenever I'm lacking inspiration in life and just need to remember my purpose. Yeah, it's yeah. Eat Pray Love, not exactly the film, but just the mantra. Okay. That is what it is, and when I go in that Eat Pray Love and Eat Pray Love and the pizza right. restaurant that she goes to in the film was right behind my hotel. Um, we didn't actually get to eat there because it's in the film and everyone goes and you've got queue for hours. And our trip just wasn't really like that, but we had amazing pizza. And it just again it comes from that film. It's just amazing the things that can keep staring you to. Do you think get in travel? I mean that that. That pizza restaurant was great before it went to it, went, it was in the movie. I think so. Okay. Because the film came out not that long ago. It's like established like eighteen something. Like it's okay. It's ooh, a ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. And even in the film, she decides that she has to go to, oh, to go that, to that place. place. So, okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a real it's thing. thing. It's a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I like to know that. Again, it's like when you're here and you want to support local businesses. Like when you go to America, you don't want to eat in like IHOP. Why would you want to eat in IHOP? You want to eat in like a family-run diner that's been like there for years and years and years and years, and I found that with it today anyway. Um, just one last thing, so you Go mentioned on. about the I've food. I've got one more question for you anyway. Yeah, the food. <laughs> I, fresh fish, um, I've had it a couple of times, like once when I was, as I was doing some traveling around Central America, uh, so I was in Mexico, where was I? I think maybe it was in Guatemala by this time. The Guatemala one we went, um, and we went and we did the fishing, and that was amazing, like, because it's like Big Dorado. And then this other time in Mexico, they went to this fish ranch, they went and got it from the fruit ranch, I was on my plate in 20 minutes. And another time, um, back in my granddad's village um, in, in Nigeria, um, we, um, we had this fresh fish, and it was like, yeah. Like mm. fresh fish again, like from from like anywhere, just where it's just come straight from the sea or from a, like just being from a ranch. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I think my two experiences of that that stand out are flying fish in Barbados. Okay, Literally, nice. like you just watch them fish on the beach in the morning because there's no private beaches in Barbados. Yeah, yeah. Even the fanciest hotels, you can go on the beaches. Um, so the fishermen are just everywhere that the fish is, and sometimes they're on your beach, yeah, and then yeah, you just yeah. see them come in, give it to the hotel. It's, they just create a little fire on the beach, and then you go. Yeah, yeah. And that, the same with lobster exactly as well. Yeah, 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 the same with lobster. Yeah. I think that was Barbados as well, actually. And that was, yeah, something special. Something yeah. not frozen. Like, yeah, yeah. no taste of frozen yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay, last quick <laughs> air quotes <laughs> fire question. Your favourite thing about being Nigerian? Oh, wow. Uh, probably the big family kind of get-togethers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's move on to main courses. So, your main course options... Um, are either hmm, see I kind of got these from a recipe book but I can't find it anymore so everyone I'll send you links online you to free for all yeah because I just mentioned like where they're from so first main course option is grilled tilapia with fried plantain yeah I think I mean I would I don't know if I'd be able to make it but I would want you to have the sugar's plantain because I've tweeted about that so many times that it changed my life and the cinnamon and everything <laughs> like, it was just sensational or the other option is beef stew and I saw it online with pounder jam. Yeah, why not? You could have. You could yeah, do pounder it. jam. You could do it with a lot of things too. I don't know how to make pounder jam. Apparently, it's very difficult. So you have the option there of boiled jam as well because I can boil jam. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> what do you fancy? Uh, well, between the tilapia or the or, or the beef stew. Hey, that's that's mad. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, because I just don't think it's that fair that you're just like, look, if we're doing proper Nigerian style, yeah. Then you would have the tilapia, you have the plant, you, <laughs> you have yam. So why are you making you pick it? Yeah, this whole point of tapas, we don't have a little bits of everything. What's going on? So you want both? I have everything with it now. <laughs> okay, all right, you can have it all. You can have it all. That's yeah. that's what he wants. That's what you pound, can have. Pounded yam will be will be lush. Like if you can make it like fresh pounded yam, I tried it. It's mad. It's a mad workout. I've watched it on YouTube, but as in the video I watched on YouTube, the woman was obviously making a lot anyway. Yeah. So she was doing it like on the ground in this massive thing and someone. Yeah, but it's not so you did. Yeah, but in terms of the quantity, I was like, I guess if you made a lot less. And I only had to use one arm because <laughs> she was giving no, it because all the, her because might. The, the, the wooden yeah, thing the wooden. That you're using, like literally, it's. I, I, so I, went, I went, when I was last in Nigeria, I was doing it, and it's like a workout. Like I was like, 
I mean, it's definitely abs. But I think that's worth it because the amount of calories and carbs that you're about to consume. Yeah, yeah, of course. You yeah, put it in. This is, this is farmer food. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is. Yeah, this but that's is the same. So, what I actually food. wrote here was beef stew, and I put in brackets there hard food, which was what Jamaicans will call dumpling, yam, cool. provisions, just like farmer food, like energy food, food to get you going, which is what I would associate in my little brain picture of having with a stew mm-hmm. rather than I don't know I've never eaten pounded jambo if you swear if you want that on the side of your tilapia and your plantain well then you had the stew there yeah I'd, have, I'd break it off and just dip it in some stew yeah why not bit of everything for you well here's your question then and you might find this a little bit difficult John Frass gets the most controversial and like love and not love on this podcast and we talk about it way too much so in your opinion with your buffet of main courses here what is the most underrated nigerian food that does not get enough love hmm. Genu- i think the one that doesn't get the most love is amala um what is that so amala is so you heard of like pounded yam but maybe oh, get this correctly amala is also yam but it's like dried yam flour which you make and it's like lighter um and then for me we have it with um we don't we don't we don't do amala but we do like eba which is like the cassava kind of dumplings um and then you would have it with like for me my favorite would be that have it with a goosey stew which is like a melon seed uh, melon seed stew or melon seed dip um, we don't do put any meat in it, but like if I had a choice, I would have like that amala with some like fresh goat meat in the igusi in the igusi stew. That would be like immense. <laughs> and that is what but you want to bring I only to ever eat it. I only ever eat amala when I'm in Nigeria. I don't eat it in the UK. Really? Yeah. Is that just like a freshness thing or authenticity or? Uh, I don't know. Like it's not. A, it's not. It's because it's not really like that well. Eat, it's not really eating that much. I don't know. I just only eat it when I'm in Nigeria, and it's just such a, like it's such a joy for me to have. It's mm. like ah, oh, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, I used to have that with a couple of things in Jamaica. I mean, I still kind of do. Like I would have it here, but every time I do, I'd be disappointed that I did. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'd look at it and be like, why did I do that to myself? I yeah. should have just waited until the next time. I yeah, was, like, exactly. Jamaica, exactly. Like, I know I you mean. That? Like it just wasn't. It's yeah. just not worth it. So that's a Nigerian-specific food. Or is that across West Africa? As like, far as I know, it's a Nigerian specific food. Okay. I don't I don't haven't heard of like Ghanaians or Togolese people eating Amala or yeah, or um or Gisi. So yeah. Yeah, Agusi was something that I actually discovered at Chikus as yeah. well. Agusi is so nice in my opinion, like oh like But to me I I think I can't remember was it a salad that you had then? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It Where was, it? it was. So basically, like we've been, we like I say, Agusi is like this. The uh... there it is. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I exactly what you just said about like um putting meat in it. I didn't even in my head. I wouldn't have thought that was a thing because of the first ever time and the yeah, only yeah, time yeah. I've had it. It was as a vegetarian. So we, just, we just celebrate the stew in itself. Right? Like it's just a melon, a melon seed, a melon seed dip, and it's like it just has this wonderful nutty flavor, which just like you just you, yeah. I just you don't eat anywhere. I don't eat anywhere else. But you have you have chickpeas. You have you know um, other kind of legumes, whatever. But then they're, they're having this melon seed. The melon seed is just like amazing um, and so we've always wanted to try and get those flavours that flavouring and we've played around with doing it in different ways like and we've, we've played initially played around with having like uh, an agusi chickpea salad is that the very first one then we've done it as just an agusi dressing on its own and we've now gone kind of almost basically just gone back to basics which we've just done we just do the the, the, the stew itself and you know just how we would have it uh, but in a more kind of a tapas portion and we've kind of deconstructed deconstructed the, um, the dish so a lot of people will um, cook the agusi stew with, with palm oil. We don't. We never grew up eating old palm oil, but we know it's like a popular thing. So we use the palm oil as more of a, a dressing um, to kind of garnish it, and then um, yeah, and then have again the the, the spinach um, or the green leaf um, as as a garnish rather than in, in completely immersed in into into the dish. That's interesting um, what you just said about palm oil though, because when I had um, I had Lope Ario on as well, yeah. and she went into palm oil and her thoughts about it and how um it's been 
moved to Asia, like in terms of it's a West African product and how people are talking about it being sustainable, but that it's actually got a red card. She went into a lot of detail about palm oil and like yeah. how it's used and everything. And I always thought that because the whole world is against palm oil, like sustainable, no palm oil, like da 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 da, the palm oil was this great evil. And it wasn't until she like, told me basically what it is, where it comes from and how you use it, not necessarily like deep frying in it, but that it's got a flavor and a color that yeah. is like a big part of yeah. West African cuisine that I just yeah. didn't even realize because everything's so no palm oil, peanut butter, no palm oil, like everything, yeah. no palm oil. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I used to work in sustainability, right? Like, you know, ultimately it, all, it always depends on how a, an ingredient is sourced. Mm-hmm. So, you take tuna, yeah, tuna's still a wonderful fish, but it's not um, caught in the, in the correct, in the no, correct way, yeah. or you talk about chicken, you know? Mm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the issue with, with, with palm oil in that it's such a beneficial ingredient and useful ingredient in so many different things that the, the overproduction of it has led to the destruction of, of various rainforests. Yeah, corners um, being cut. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, you still have, you know, there's a, the responsible sourcing of palm or SPO or whatever, like, you know, that, so you can still get it. But if for, from, a, from a West African perspective, yeah, it's still one the main oil that we people would be, people would be using. For me, it's a very it's a very heavy oil. Okay. And, it, you know, if you're not used to the flavour, like, it can be quite, it can be quite something. I'm not in it apart from in like minimal in minimal in that low quantities. I'm not I'm not personally a big a big fan or big fan of it. So we used to use it to give it to give the flavour mm-hmm. rather than to kind of cook it in. Um, I kind of put more cooking in, a, in an oil which is has a neutral has a neutral flavour um, to do any of the frying and then add the palm oil a little bit of the flavour rather yeah. than cooking it completely, completely in, 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 it. in the palm oil. But yeah, each yeah. yeah. Love that, yeah. love that, love that. Okay. Yeah, I have to catch up with Lope and, and find out, get some more of the history. I love, I love finding out, like, about, yeah, on her episode, about, she, yeah, the deep dive. Yeah, she gave me, products. on the episode, she episode number six, if anyone's listening and wants to listen back, mm-hmm. um, she, yeah, she spoke a bit about, a lot about palm oil and a lot about um, the cola nut. Yeah, yeah, Talking yeah. about Coca-Cola and yeah, the farming yeah. of that and da, da, da. She just knows, like, her, like, I suppose, she's, I guess she has a similar kind of vision as you in terms of, like, wanting to celebrate, yeah. like, your heritage and your country and um yeah she just knows a lot about loads of ingredients and obviously in writing a book she had to do so much recipe development and so much research that there's certain ingredients that she chose to avoid or like found alternatives for and whatnot that we could easily find here that maybe she knows really should make it that way at home but this how she's gonna let us make it whatever but it was just, it was just really interesting because i didn't know a lot of that stuff i didn't know um the question that I asked her, which we didn't actually find out the answer for, is that Coca-Cola uses the cola nut. Yeah. But then are other products that call themselves, say like Tesco Cola, for example, does that still use that? Like, is, is it is it like, a, are there more products that are using the cola nut that, but because Coca-Cola is the big brand name that people are targeting in terms of like campaigns against is it the cola industry completely? Like Karma Cola now is a smaller brand which makes a cola drink um, and they use sustainable methods to like cultivate their cola nuts and whatnot. So I don't know, it's just an interesting thing uh, that she so brought up to me. I just, so I'm not so obviously without hearing from her. Um, but yeah, cause I was thinking about the, the, the um, cola nut um, the other day um, because I saw this new um, cola drink uh, in like a health shop. Uh, and I know the importance of it um, to uh, the Igbo culture in particular. Um, for us, um, I'm sure for many Nigerian cultures, but like, you know, as in when you go to any celebration that, that you know, breaking the colour night will be, uh, you know, this is a very important part, okay. of the, part of the ceremony. Um, but my, my, my gut thinking, thinking is that these, all these other colors, they all use cola, cola, or cola, cola nut of, of sorts. And for example, the Karma Cola one is, is cola from Sierra Leone. Uh, you've got, oh, there's another one. What's the other? Fever, 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 fever tree. Fever tree. Yeah. They use it from like Madagascar. Okay. Um, so, you know, probably there's a case of how they go about it. Uh, Karma Cola, they, they, they make sure they have like fair trade and they kind of give back to, yeah, the, yeah, to yeah. the farmers. But it's still with fit. And, but then I think the problem with the Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is probably more a case of um, what all the other 
additives and everything yeah because i think we spoke about quite a few things and her issue with all of these like products was that the big corporations don't give anything back to africa Mm. for what they take from africa Mm. so regardless whether it's madagascar sierra leone whatever in terms of karma cola is the only brand i know i don't know anything really about fever tree that does have like an ethical like motto like statement it has an ethical statement behind its company but coca-cola's ethical statement is get money get money so it was just interesting and i feel like i've learned so much about west african like uh, ingredients rather than food as a whole um just from talking to people that are trying to develop that and use flavors without being able to find flavors just yeah i must admit that that, the, that conversation about you know giving back to Africa for the resources and stuff, like as an economist, that's still gonna get into that sort of that sort of conversation about resources and stuff like that. I think it's a it's a very it's a very big question. Um, you know, especially when you talk about something like palm oil, it's like if it's not even being produced there now, mm. you know, and you know how the question is how do you actually even create markets which work efficiently to produce it because or produce it or um, yeah, a lot of the times in, in say, like parts of West Africa, we don't even have the, the large-scale farms despite having the arable land to actually produce it. And not only that, what we don't also have is the, the second part of the supply chain, which is actually where you had the most value in actually starting to um, make, take that primary product into a kind of a secondary product before it's actually then shipped out. Um, and so often what you have to have is you take the product from here, from, from like a country of West Africa, and then it goes over to like Germany or Holland, and then it gets, yeah, then gets produced into the key ingredient that Coca-Cola needs, right? So we need to do more to have that second part of the supply chain within, within Africa. Um, and so, you know, the idea that we kind of just put the blame on, on, on you know, large multinationals, look, they've got a shoulder some of the blame, you know, um, and we have to make them more accountable. But I think as, as, a, as a people individually, um, I take myself, you know, what I'm trying to do um, in terms of for, for you know, turning Africa store, we have to be, take that kind of accountability and responsibility for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of, you know, then gets escalated up further to, as a country, like, you know, we've been independent now for 55 years. You know, we have to take a look at, you know, how we've grown and really think, is that how we want to, where we want to be in, in 55 years' time? Um, no, 56 years, I think it is, so, yeah. yeah. Very good answer. Mm. Very well covered. Let's move on to dessert. Well, I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't really, I haven't really <laughs> you covered it. You haven't covered it. I haven't really covered it. <laughs> but you've answered, you have a, answered the a, question. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big question, you know. You yeah. Can't, I think it's sometimes it's quite easy to just say, you know, this person's to blame or that person's to blame. But I think for me, often... You know, I'll I'll show you a documentary at the end at the end of this about you know how these the countries are kind of being formed anyway. So the question is, how far back are we really going here? So you who know? gets what? So, but at some point, a buck has to go. Look, this is today. How do we how do we shape tomorrow? And and the spot the the responsibility has to be on the protagonists of today. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not everyday light entertainment. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a deep one, guys. Moving on to dessert. Mm. Moving on to dessert. Um, sweeten up. Yeah, sweeten up a little bit. <laughs> sweeten up a little bit. I've got two options. One is your very own chin chin cheesecake. Yeah. Which, yep, I was lucky enough to have at Chiku's. Is yeah. that still on the menu? Is that something that you yeah, still make? It's still on the menu. Okay, good. Strong. Good. Getting better as well. Oh, really? Yeah, it's getting better. It's getting bigger. It's getting better. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> be, 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 better could be bigger. Just getting better. Man. Oh. Just getting better. Oh. It's coming down to see. Oh, very tempting. Because the cheesecake and the and the planting were the the. I don't even know Speech. what kind of word to use. Speech. The highlight of of the whole evening. Because you know what it is as well. If I don't take if I take a picture, obviously I try and take pictures for the blog. Like as the food comes, like so it's best presented. However. You, the chef intended it to look to me but sometimes it's like I see it and I know I want it and then I'm like alright picture and I just start eating it and I look back and it's like the worst pictures I have are of the food I was most excited to eat <laughs> because I'm like I just wanted it I just wanted it now like I wanted it right now and when, when sometimes I've got to do them sneaky like fork one bite missing pictures because I've just gone for it <laughs> I've just gone for it and then I was like oh crap like, try and reassemble the, the piece back together so this picture that I got the cheesecake is just like like I can tell like I know what I was thinking about this picture it was just like picture I eat like <laughs> move on I need to eat this thing so 
Bear cheesecake, or alternately, you've got rum and ginger pecan and rum brownies. Okay. Which are Levi Roots recipe, which is on BBC Food. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, you know what that looks like, so I can just show you that. Yeah, oh, it's going to be my own. My own oh, of course it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, probably so. One thing that people don't really know is if a in particular doesn't eat chocolate. Um, and I don't really eat chocolate. Um, I do eat sneaky bits, but yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big chocolate fan. No, um, just like taste or. I kind of just gave it up because I got a big sweet tooth. Okay. Um, and so it was like, oh, I need to do this some of this. But like, obviously, we have our own yam brownies which have like cocoa in, and so obviously I do sample those, and no, they're good. Okay. But um, yeah, our, ourselves, we don't really do, we don't really do chocolate too tough. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. It. It's kind of funny because we won a box of chocolates last week for this. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, but, no, no, it's all cool. It was great to win the competition, but like, I was like, yeah, not going to eat those. Not going to eat those. But that's the thing with me. Obviously, over Easter, like, you can see there's like, mini eggs like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting right here. And we don't buy chocolate like in the house, really, but a couple bits that I've picked up over Easter that have been on like deals for like baking. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying that egg because that works out much cheaper chocolate. And it's just like, anyone have any spare Easter eggs? Because I'm not going to eat them, but I'll melt them down into something delicious. I don't eat like chocolate, but mm. chocolatey things mm. I'm, I'm okay with. I'm okay mm. with. Yeah, I think for myself, like, it's like, as well, I like to, I like to start, try stuff. Mm. So, you know, if I went somewhere and it's like, oh, someone's done these sort of rum and that sounds interesting. Like, I ain't going to lie. I, like, Levi... Big, big respect for Levi, I must admit. Mm. Like, big, big respect for him, actually. Um, yeah, I really like what he's done in, in the industry. Um, and, yeah, if I went and uh, there was those sort of brownies, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have gonna to try. try. Yeah. have to try that. OK, you're not really completely out. Yeah. So, topic associated with dessert um, is... Ended up talking about her too early when I wasn't supposed to. But Lope basically is a little quote from the podcast and she said that um, <laughs> okay. West African food and Caribbean food, we tend to like long processed foods. And um, she said, I like that it feels more loving and hearty. That's why it's talk to you about comfort foods. Mm-hmm. And like, if you love what you make at the restaurant in terms of, like you just said, you like to try things. So is this, is the like sample sharing tapas thing something that you like find comfort in mm-hmm. or do you find it more like a social aspect like I've talked on this podcast as well about like social eating people that like eating alone and obviously you've got like quite a social eating con- experience and that concept so just yeah how you feel about the sharing concept if you feel that it still brings comfort in the way that people traditionally associate big heavy meals with comfort yeah but so uh, for me absolutely you know like I think I think a lot of people think because you're having it in tapas star, that means you're not eating a lot, right? Mm. It's about how much how much food you you want to get. So you know, I wouldn't say that we did we would do tapas, but what we we have done when we were, say these family get-togethers, there's a whole raft of different dishes. You know, two different types of fish, three different types of meat, four different types of beans and whatever rices and so forth, and then you just come and pick. And now, obviously, like. If you want to have a whole mountain, you could do that, but mm. equally you could do that with, with our dishes. It's just the, the whole point is that it's about it's about the sharingness of it and yeah. everyone kind of, one, having contributed, um, but then also in, in the dining experience, enjoying the same dish and being like, yo, this this rice is the maddest. But obviously if, you, if you've only had that, your, that's been your dish yeah. and you haven't had that, uh, yeah. you can't really have that, that shared experience. So, so I guess me, it's what about brings comfort then? It's about what brings comfort then. So some people it would bring comfort to be like completely stuffed. But I really enjoyed the chop chat chill experience of saying I did exactly what you did when I was going in on this planting that I can't stop talking about. The girl that was sitting like directly opposite me looks at me like, I hope we ordered that. I was like, just try some now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just try some now, because this is just like the best. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess I, I think for me that, that sort of that share that sharing of food heightens the, the experience. I like, whenever I go out to eat, even when I go out to a place and they're like, oh, main place, and your friend, you know you're there with your friend, they're like, I want to get this one and that. And what, I, what I'm actually quite, I just got, I'm not that fussy, so I'm usually just like, look, just you get what the things you want. And then we'll we'll just have a bit of both. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's, I love doing it. It just completely heightens the experience. So yeah, for me, it doesn't really matter whether it's formulated in tapas style or whatever. Just the idea of being able to share the share the dishes and and be like, oh whoa, this one. Oh, yeah. You tried a bit of that with that. It's like, <laughs> and then everyone ends up liking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great for me. That's 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 a love that's a lovely experience. That's that's the way I like to dine. 
Love that. Okay. That was a nice sweet ending, actually. That was a nice sweet ending. But we're going to go in one more time with the after dinner tea. So any listeners will know this is a new, um, new section of the podcast that I've added to basically throw shade or just talk about something that's either annoyed you in the food industry or in your industry or on the internet or anything you like. Um, mine this week is actually unfood related and it's just about um, one of my favourite magazines. So obviously now I've started the bakery at my home all the time. Don't go out. I used to work in Zone 1, now I don't. And it's just a pet peeve of mine that all my favourite magazines you can only get at Zone 1 stations. So even if I bother to check out to my Zone 4 station by my house, I can't get Foodism, which is one of the best. I can't get Stylist, which always has really good recipes every single week, and it's free. And yeah, just like, give us Zone give us zone 4 people a chance. Like, get get our stuff. Like, Or make us, even make us pay for it. Like, put it in Zone 4 shops. I don't even mind. I just want the goods. I love print as you can see you're sitting here with magazines that I collect in my room mm-hmm. pet peeve of mine that you can't get good magazines outside of zone one stations what are you saying to that <laughs> no what's your tea what are you throwing say, like, oh, <laughs> you don't care about that <laughs> no I just think it's like I'm just thinking for them it's like okay but how many people are at zone four like do you know what I mean I just need to, I just need high distribution I'll stop being an Street economist about this like, That's the, what do you mean like you're coming out, no, one, no, one, no one coming out here <laughs> wow <laughs> But made it in that hour. We've, we've had um, well, no, we've tried. We've tried to get this stuff before, but like, can you not get like someone who's coming home? That's what I tried to do as well. I do try to do that um, mm. to try and get them, or like my parents there at work try and grab them. But that one, that's the Guardian one. So that actually, both of these are actually purchased. I have the stylist from last week upstairs that my friend managed to grab for me. But these are purely food. But I do like the just... the gems that you get in the non food magazines. So yeah, yeah, yeah. usually, usually with stylists actually. It's the recipe from an upcoming cookbook mm. that isn't out yet or that they've interviewed for the cover or whatnot. And I just love that because then it gives me a, a taste into the book about having to go to the bookstore or whatnot. And it's obviously really good PR for them, but I'm always just interested in cookbooks that I wouldn't know yeah. that are in these magazines that you probably wouldn't even expect to find food in. And then... You're going to have to wait for those people who discard them on the train who leave them as... <laughs> And catch TB. Like, <laughs> no way. That's my. That's another pet peeve. That's that like lost. That's <laughs> you're, you're, you're desperate. You're desperate. <laughs> I saw someone on the newspaper on the train reading the metro, sneezed oh, into yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen like that. went to sneeze, just sneezed into it, about? and then when he got off the train, he closed it and left about? it on the train. What I was like, that, that needs to go yeah, in the yeah, fire. Yeah, 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 Don't yeah, leave yeah. it on the train for someone else yeah, to find. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I must admit. So. Like, this is not my... I mean, I've got a lot of pet peeves. Like, I don't know, like... In the industry. I've got a lot of pet peeves. I just got, I'm just peeved. Okay. <laughs> um, Germany. So, but, like, so I'll talk about my main one in a second, but, like, yeah, I, I just think people are mad. Like, <laughs> on the tree, people just... People just are just are just mad. Like, they just do what they're like. I was like, the other day, like, there was a guy, he had, like, these headphones on, yeah? But he had them, like, turned out and, like, like subwoofered out. They were, like, they, that, like headphones. So they were, like... It was like it was like a speaker, like he had a boombox. Yeah. And I was, I said to him, because these are a tape like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he had done that, and he was like playing his music out, like it was like reggaeton, yeah. And I quite like reggaeton, yeah. And I was like, but bro, like not everybody <laughs> here is about this, and it's like it's like a boombox. I said, I said, what? I asked him like, why did you think that was a good idea? He's like, he said, is it bothering you? I said. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's, it's not really that. It's the music. It's like, well, why Why did you think, like, to not have any kind of common courtesy that, you know, you, would, you, you wouldn't be over loud in, in where everyone else is just trying to do their thing, you know? I just think... I think, pe- I think people get on the tube and just lose all <laughs> sorts of their, their their politeness. You know, you see, you see like, you see that old granny just, like, trying to chin you as you try <laughs> to... You're like, yo! You'll be like step like there's one in two minutes. It's not that deep, you know. But you, you do you when you're on the trip. You would have done it when you're zone one. You got you got, you have to get you have to get your box. Oh that. yeah. You have to get that 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 vertebrate needs to be yeah, straight yeah, yeah. and just just cock out the arms. And when you and when yeah. you have to get off the train, to other people on <laughs> and you get off and you're like you're waiting, but I'm getting back on. So you're gonna yeah yeah. Of course, I'm at the, of course. I'm at the front that's, of the queue. That's what you know. Back that's that's what you know. You might just leave a foot on like, there. Yeah, I'm just like, leave a foot I'm, on I'm there. getting back on. I'm just letting them off. Yeah, I know you're waiting. Yeah. 
And when it's worse, because like the Jubilee, I used to go to Jubilee Land sometimes, and you know when you get to the Canary Walk, those stations where people actually stand in lines at the door. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, okay, everyone, step back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this whole line of people, and everyone just like shimmies back on themselves. But, oh, yeah, get in the tube. London, I could, I could probably do a whole podcast on pet peeves about mm-hmm. the tube and the underground of That, that Canary Walk one's a bit mad, to be honest, because like, why is it in Jubilee Land? I was in, in in the line because because I think they do it at Canada Water as well because of the you know the, the double door thing. Yeah, but that, but if you think about it, the doors are in the same place any other place, any other station. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that like even if you like if the doors the doors coming in one place it's just because it's because there's two doors. Oh, is it because people know where the door is? Yeah, like, I think it's it more about that. It doesn't make any sense because if not, like say like Stratford. Yeah, even me. Like I know where my regular route train you doors know, are. You got, you got that line. I know where the you line. Got, is. Like, you line it up by the window. So they change the post. Yeah. Like, oh, that's me change. That's yeah. Well, you know what they did to me? They changed the length of my train. Oh, that's mad. That's that's why a DLR DLR just do what they like. They just be mental. So every time I know where I'm coming, so this guy, you think you've done him? You've done him yeah. nicely. You look at him like you're a mug, mate. Like the train is not stopping there. It's not stopping there. Stopping and then they did. Hey, you feeling like you played yourself? Yeah. Because they've changed TFL rain from Trek Rail from just being like a Brockdown train to this new Elizabeth line. Oh, it's crossrail. Hey, hey, it's nice, you know. Crossrail. So now it technically doesn't matter because you can walk through. Yeah. However, you don't know if the next train coming is old school or new school. So you're like, oh, it's like, it. You're like this. Like, it could come there, usually comes here. Susan, <laughs> step back. <laughs> like, because the doors are slightly different because I think it's, I think it's still eight carriage. But just because of the walkthrough aspect, there's just less doors. There's only like two doors per carriage. Yeah, I was, I've, I've been on it like but, twice in the last week, and oh, it's like it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, so, <laughs> and it's, it's air so conditioned nice. or so, it's heated. No, because the old East Anglia, the old no Great Anglia, yeah, Great Anglia, Ilford, and that. Yeah, one. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's but us, yeah. the old ones were just not. They but were all they did again. to the TFL rail was painted them blue. It's the same trains, didn't you realise? What do you mean? They completely changed the interior. No, the new new train, yeah. But when it was Greater Anglia, so it was Greater Anglia before it was TFL Rail. But these new purple trains are actually the next stage, which is the Elizabeth Line, the Crossrail situation. So they've started introducing the trains, but they haven't changed the name yet. So TFL Rail, as a line, will become the Elizabeth Line as part of the Crossrail oh, network. Some of the, they've, take, they've changed some of the old trains and just painted them up. Yeah, oh, into those ones blue. Are not, those are the ones I'm talking about. No, like, it was about the nice purple yeah, ones, yeah, those ones are full, with so the walkthrough. Like, hey, this one's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just blue. Yeah. It's the same one that they had before, they painted it blue. <laughs> but um, we digress. <laughs> so so my, my pet peeve um, is, is probably just how much it costs to open a restaurant. Uh, yeah. Just costs it costs a lot. Startup costs or like maintenance. No, start start startup costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like some of the rent and the, like the property market for the commercial spaces are just mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just mad. Business and like, rates. Nah, there's, so there's this thing called like premium, which you have to pay, um, which like before you paid any rent and stuff like that, and it's just it's just mad, and it's, it, I can't really go into the details of it, um, not because of like. Don't want to. Just, just it's just, too, it's just it's a lot. Yeah, it's just technical. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I've had obviously this conversation with a lot of property agents, and like they're kind of sympathetic to your cause, but they're also like, well, this is how it. This is the market. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is completely fair, but it's just yeah, that's frustrating because ultimately, well, yeah, a lot of people would would, would like to do this, but like, yeah, it just it just yeah, it it just means that you you have to be. Think very, very carefully and find you know, quite a deep bit of money to, yeah. to do this. Or do you think, obviously, no matter what you're doing, cost of hire in London, would you consider running Chakus elsewhere, as in within? Maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm all just thinking out of London, but would you consider running it anywhere else in the world, like to yeah, get around yeah, this yeah. kind I think, of? I think, oh, to start with, or to, I think, I think to start to, to start with, no, like you know, this is this is home. Like I'm, to say, I'm very family oriented, very home orientated. So like. You know, I want to I want to put down roots in you know where I consider my roots to have started from, um, but yeah, like I think you know the sky's the limit for when we get started. So yeah, don't don't rule out Chukus in Mexico. Mm. Coming to a town near <laughs> you. Man, good man. Just thought about it. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> go on, stick it there. Well, you. I feel like. Got go got back backtrace your steps. Go and put one in Spain. Go put one in yeah, um, yeah, yeah. where was it? Spain, French yeah, Martinique. Martinique. Yeah, well. yeah. There's some there's there's some there's some ideas. We'll see. But I said there, 
we keep focus on 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 number one. Yeah. Um, being able to provide something for for those in in London where we think it just makes the most sense to start with. But there's been some ideas. There's been some. There's been some dreaming had about where we can go. Love that. Love that. So thank you very much for being here. You're have you got Thank anything, you. any last minute gems? Where can people find you? That's, that's the most important um, thing. Where can people find you? How do they keep up? With follow you? us on all the socials at LDN at C-H-U-K-U-S-L-D-N. Uh, go and check out our blog on the website, chukuslondon.co.uk. Uh, we're featuring some great um, prominent Nigerians doing big things. Some uh, We just kind of featured a guy who was um, in the, at the Commonwealth Games, uh, some award-winning writers, um, award-winning poet, Noir Ellums. Um, so, yeah, some great people there. And just stay tuned uh, and locked in because we've got some things that we're planning for the summer and, and mm. further filled. Put me on your press list. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> if there's any plant thing going to spare, you need taste that, you know where I am. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me. Table for two, that's a wrap. Thank you. Hello me time. 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 We don't want to sit on me on the side. Pair bread sitting next to the side of looking fine. Hello, me time. 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 You don't want to sit on me on the side. Pair bread sitting next to the side of looking fine.